Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Well, since things can only go downhill from here, let's uh, let's <laughs> kick things off with last week's question. Uh, <laughs> that's I, I, entropy. <laughs> um, everyone's favorite NHL owner, Eugene Melnick, is basically he he read Lou Ramel. Lou Lamorello's book on skirting the cap and is probably pissing off most of the league and the way his team is structured. And since sorry, cold season here in North Carolina. Um, since we were talking about, you know, reports of, you know, the NHL basically formalizing a plan from a back office to fund a six-team women's league, if revenue sharing that's directed towards the, you know, the lesser half of NHL teams went to the women's league and said, what would the law of unintended consequences do to our quote-unquote favorite sports league on the men's side? I'm, 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 I'm I'm gonna defer to Cassie right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, you know, it'd be anarchy, right? All the all the teams uh, that benefit from revenue sharing, they would all the owners would be up in arms. Um. If if the NHL stuck to their guns and kept on with it, then it could lead to, um. What's the opposite of expansion? <laughs> contraction. Thank you, contraction. Um, which, to be fair, is unfair because at any given time, at any point in the league history, the bottom teams change constantly. So the teams that are struggling don't always, I mean, you know, Chicago 15 years ago, right? So, um, so yeah, it would it would probably knock off uh, a couple of the bottom bottom feeders, at least financially bottom feeders. That's would my it, speculation. <laughs> would it though? Because we know how the league, the league, loves to just keep. Let's just be honest. Keep Arizona in Arizona until <laughs> I can find someone to make Arizona not be Arizona. Uh, they're just waiting for for um you know that forward thinking having the arena in glendale you know catch up to them thing oh oh oh, build it and they'll eventually continue to expand out to you no the the uh right now it's favorable for people to like want to live in city centers and it'll swing back the other way. The pendulum will swing back the other way where everyone is more favorably looking to, you know, live in the suburbs. So they're just waiting for everyone to migrate back out to the suburbs. That's all. Mm. <laughs> no? <laughs> I uh, gotta be honest, I'm not seeing it. Alright. That's fair. I, I appreciate the optimism. Just not seeing it. 
Oh, no, that's not optimism. That's being delusional. Come on. Okay, this is, well, six. it's such a fine line <laughs> between, you know, delusional and optimistic. Um, such a fine line between, you know, clever and stupid. Um, God, I think the law of unintended consequences is there might be another big, huge lockout on the on the horizon. Because the league will have that justification, the woe is me. To help fund this women's game, we're going to need to rethink all of our revenue sharing and hockey-related revenue and all of this other stuff and salary caps and player contract maximums and blah, 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 blah. And it'll be very easy for them to paint the men as being evil and wanting to kill women's hockey. Now, that's my sort of, you know, too many years of watching West Wing and, and uh, you know, all those shows that serendipity, you know, everyone's trying to run around and there's like three threads of somebody trying to outdo someone, trying to outdo someone, trying to outdo someone. But it tends to also come from a place of I've seen it happen. So I can see them doing that right before they decide to do contraction. <laughs> I can't. Oh boy. I mean, they'd have to do, they'd have to do it together though. Right. Because there's no way the PA is going to sign off on losing 60 some odd jobs. Right. You know, cause it's not just, it's not just the 20 or 23 that are up. It's also the guys that are on NHL contracts or two way contracts that are down in the minors. And I don't see that happening at all. Yeah, you're Especially. you're looking at you're looking at what, 90 contracts. Yeah, and that's probably. a that that's probably a conservative up estimate. Yeah, because I, I mean yeah. that that right there is just like it's what two teams, <laughs> maybe three. Yeah, two teams alone is you know each team tends to carry somewhere above 45 contracts, so they hang around like 48 or so. So yeah, you know almost near a hundred a hundred positions that are suddenly gone. Now, I think I've brought this up before. Would that bother me in the least? No, because I think it pushes the talent pool up. But I don't think the PA would ever go for it. There would be such a yeah. There'd be such a tizzy. All right. So my thought is, it's going to make all the big Canadian markets just shut up and eat their words. Ultimately. The biggest problem with the NHL is it's not that the league is too big. It's that markets with the resources overspend and overcommit themselves. In what way? To Does, Doesn't, based on current league revenues and the way the salary cap is barely growing year over year, do coaches need to be pushing the limits of their next contracts. Do we need hockey operation staffs like in Edmonton that were just filled with old hockey men running up, you know, probably seven to $8 million in just salary alone, let alone whatever kind of operational budgets they need to operate things. Does Toronto actually need to have a team that's almost full of NHL contracts in the ECHL? When the league dictates that league uh, revenue dictates that, all right, there's a cap at 50 NHL contracts, a reserve list of 90. 
how the heck can they afford to pay out all these resources yet they complain that you know revenues are flat it's it's because they're forcing the lesser teams the lesser markets to spend more than they should just to stay quote unquote competitive you know a roster is a roster and i get the big clubs flexing their muscle and trying to bring in the, the biggest and the best but it's just going to drive everything up. And that, I think, is the bigger thing, at least in the NHL, that creates uh, revenue issues. What you say, essentially, so essentially you're saying that not every team has the resources to pay a coach $80 million or $8 million a year? Correct. So, yeah. <laughs> Who, you know, their GM may or may not have wanted to fire their coach last season. And... This is why I don't like contraction. So you up the talent pool on each individual roster because there's more, more, you know, the, the the top two lines of these, you know, snapped away franchises are now added to the second and third lines of any of the other 28, 26 to 28 teams. That means, okay, now you end up with these more talented, veteran-laden rosters, just like we had in the early 90s when the game started to be overcoached. Mike Babcock is an excellent coach when he has a very veteran, already NHL-developed roster. It's why he was able to win in the late 2000s with Detroit. It's why he wins at the Olympics and the World, Ch- or in the, uh, World Cup. He can do great things with really, really veteran rosters. But I think the game is benefiting from a youth movement and the evolution of things. So I don't see contraction on the horizon anytime soon. Even if, say, Ottawa were to basically lose their their paycheck each month from the rest of the clubs, I think Melnick would be in a position where he'd have to move and someone could come in that could actually build a downtown Ottawa arena. And, you know, the smaller markets like Arizona, Carolina, even Florida, that matter, they're going to continue to get better. They're going to fill their buildings. They're not going to draw in the same revenue that, say, a Toronto would based on a Stanley Cup run, but they can be, be able to be in the black after a couple playoff round seasons. So... I think it's just a fool's errand to think that, oh, let's stop, you know, helping the bottom feeders when, when in fact, it's a, there's a spending problem in the league at the top end. Boo, boo, you guys. You went with the, like, the actual what could happen. <laughs> I mean, come on, where's the fun in that? In fairness, I had boo. to listen to uh, this question uh, about 28 minutes ago, just to remember it. So <laughs> I didn't have anything devious thought up. Oh, man. <laughs> Come on. You're killing me here. You're killing me, man. You're killing, You're killing me, killing Smalls. Me. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. I just wanted to see it work the exact opposite way that the league intends. They think if they were to move revenue sharing away from the market teams and the small market teams continue to excel it would just oh just make them so angry and <laughs> i would be happy with that wow i summed up a, a five minute rant in 30 seconds and it was much more eloquent <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
But yeah, yeah, boo. <laughs> Not, boo nothing like you. doing my show prep during the show, right? Boo. No, you guys going for the realistic solutions. Come on. Come on. Blow it yeah. all up. Boo. Yes, <laughs> yes. Boo. Oh, for crying out loud. Um, <clears throat> the law of unintended consequences says that there's more than likely something we haven't even thought of that would come bite them in the tuchus if they did that. They go straight to just becoming a women's league because the men suck. Um, oh, oh, there it is. There it is. Boom, boom, boom. There it is. It becomes a women's league that ends up being owned by venture capitalists who then give their players stock and they, in turn, through their, you know, lovely profits create a new and good men's league well no see here it would be it would be we'd have the lockout we'd have the lockout but then the lockout would extend indefinitely because the owners wouldn't be interested in in picking up the men's game again and just stick with the women just kind of push them out of the way (laughs) completely completely nullifying that women are hard to work with right Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Oh, God, but I dearly love to just blow it all up and start again. Um, <laughs> except we can't, and there's too many people involved. <sighs> no chaos for us. Or regular NHL chaos for us, I guess. Yeah, you know, when, when chaos is the new normal, that's that's telling. <laughs> that's unbelievably telling. I mean, what you're describing is a youth hockey organization, honestly. Oh. <laughs> me, me, me thinks someone has a, an, an opinion about some youth hockey organization. Oh, do I? But we don't have time for that this week. But, <laughs> but. <laughs> Are you they... new to this show? We've got time for everything. <laughs> I, I would need to finish writing that dissertation before I could, you know, come up with a, a good five minutes on it. Okay, doctor. Okay, doctor. <laughs> Defending your dissertation. I do play doctor on the uh, podcast game. <laughs> uh, so completely off subject because that's me. Um, I had that that weird, weird, weird thing yesterday. Free time. Weird. I know it's. <laughs> it was completely out of nowhere. And it happened to also be in that dead window between games Uh-oh. on Saturday. For for those who don't know, yesterday um, was November 2nd. So mm-hmm. now you all know what yesterday is. Um, and in that, in that weird free time, I was perusing the NHL app or the NHL TV app or whatever they want to call it these days on my Xbox. And stumbled across those classic games they have. And oh Wait. my god. Wait. Like like an archive of games? Yes. Like they used to have all those years ago that was so so good. Yes. They had a condensed version of the nineteen eighty All Star game. Yep, there it is. Right there. <laughs> Right there. 
<laughs> the first the first game for a, a plucky young kid from Brantford, Ontario, and a stalwart old veteran from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Gordy Howe and Wayne Gretzky. And oh my God. <laughs> My wife walked in in the middle of it and said, are you watching a junior game? Oh. No. And I, I, go, I, I go, why? She goes, the rink looks so huge. And it hit me. Because I grew up in that. I grew up watching hockey in that era. Mm-hmm. You had no ads on the boards. You had no ads on the ice. The glass around the rink was easily a foot to a foot and a half lower than it is today. And this this game was played in the Joe Louis Arena, which was kind of a big arena to begin with. But what it what really struck me though is I'm going the last time she said that, I was watching a junior game, a WHL game, and I had to go I had to step back and go, well, yeah, it looks a little bit bigger because they're smaller players. Right. I mean, you're dealing with a maximum 20 years old. So those guys tend to stick out like sore thumbs. But, you know, 15, 15 for exceptional, but 16, 17, 18 year olds right in that window who haven't sort of bulked up. And it was just hysterical to watch because Pete Peters is standing in goal. Well, Tony Esposito started. (laughs) My God. And Pete Peters is in goal. And they show that one particular shot of him sort of hunched down. And you just see cavernous amounts of goal around him. And and just the dichotomy of what um, watching a, a later game and seeing someone like Braden Holtby standing there in that sort of similar position and how minuscule amounts of net you can see sort of hammered home. Good God, goalie equipment's gotten ridiculous. Well, and but also it's 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 not just that, but also the fact that most goalies are like six two or above. Yeah, I, I go back to that sort of yeah the size thing, you know. Like I think the biggest players out there in this particular game were probably Gordy himself. I think Gordy was six one, two hundred something, and there was another guy who they were kept banging on. You know, it was like, oh, he's 6'3", 220 pounds. And I'm going, that's tight. Oh, no, 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 it's 1980. That's kind of big for 1980. Well, then, and then on top of that, too, you know, the, the other consideration is that before Patrick Waugh being a goalie was a position that people got stuck in. Yeah, well, plus before Waugh, really, it was a stand-up position, too. Yeah. You know, he's he's not the inventor of the butterfly, but he sure as hell popularized it with everyone. Yep. Let's be honest. Until the gear looked cool, nobody wanted to be a goalie. Yeah, but Tony Esposito came out with this wild-looking mask that I completely forgot was a style. It was a sort of typical Jason hockey mask, you know, Jason Halloween 13 or Halloween hockey mask, but he did have a cage on top of it, too. I don't ever recall seeing a mask like that. I got so nostalgic. I got so nostalgic. (laughs) Because they also had Gretzky's 39 and 50 game, the one against the Flyers, where he scored five goals to reach 50 in 39 games. And watching the Flyers play in those Cooperalls was just a treat. (laughs) 
Bob, Bobby Clark and Brian Prop and Paul Holmgren all out there skating in those Cooperalls. Oh, that was awesome. Cooperalls are just a disrespectful <gasps> piece of garbage. That's what? right. I can't stand Cooperalls. I tried to pair on once. Once. I would never play in those things. I am reporting you to the Society of International Hockey Geeks. <laughs> um, if there's one thing I would lock out over, it'd be having to wear Cooper Alls. <laughs> I, I would quit ho- playing hockey today if, if that were mandated. Could oh, those can... things are terrible. And oh as God. you can tell, I was never that big of a uh, roller hockey fan as a player. I love watching it, but oh, playing it, ugh, just not for me. Why? Let's see each of them. No, no, why? Um, I have good edge work, and uh, I can't. I cannot translate it onto the the soft court, and also well, I too damn much. You what? You would break I, up I, there. I, I sweat way too much. I I need the 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 cool of the uh of the ice to kind of keep me regulated, or else I'm just I my hands are soaked. My gloves are kind of useless. I can't hold a stick. Um, just the heat, like the actual mechanics of playing, are pretty much the same. It just doesn't feel the same in the equipment for me. So. So when you say you've got good edge work, you just can't translate. What you're really telling me is you overestimate your own edge work. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Was that my outdoor voice? <laughs> Crap. I did it again, didn't I? You said it out loud. Damn it, inner monologue. You're supposed to be inner. <laughs> you're probably right, but <laughs> I mean. No. I, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's I, I know what you're saying. I, I know what you're saying. I get back on ice skates and I have to remember I have edges. Yeah. That that translation is just not there. The the mechanics are very similar, but there comes that sort of it's like, you know, eighty-five to ninety percent. It's that last ten percent that really highlights the difference. Yes. And it I think it's that last ten percent that I struggled with mightily. It's it's like the difference between, you know, being good at a subject in high school, being good at a subject maybe sometime in undergrad, or, or whenever you find that next level where you're like, oh, no, I got to pivot. I got to do something else now. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's what it was for me. So. Yeah. This could be entirely interesting. Whoa, that's way too much work. Look at this other shiny thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> I mean, no, no, I've been there. <laughs> I know. I was oh, laughing sorry. because it was true, not because. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I know. I have an entire career built out of that whole. <laughs> wow, shiny quarter. What? How did I end up here? Squirrel. <laughs> 20, 20 years later, I'm still like, huh? How did I end up here? Squirrel? Huh? What? Ah. <laughs> uh... <clears throat> Anybody do any hockey fun this weekend? For this past week? Uh, no. 
All right. <laughs> I I attended the game and I played a game and I enjoyed myself, but there's nothing to talk about with them. <laughs> other other than all right, so all right. The team we were playing against brought in a goalie who probably mid forties and he just started playing last month. Minter? <laughs> oh no, he was our goalie and he let in four <laughs> late in the game. <clears throat> Based on three turnovers that I heckled each individual who turned it over. <laughs> um, As you should. So, unfortunately, and this is a habit I'm trying to get out of, I'm a very self-deprecating player, so I like to rag on myself out loud to other, to the other team, to the refs, just to keep it jovial, because I'm just trying to make jokes, because I don't want to take myself too seriously out there. Plus, it's men's oh. hockey. You can't take yourself too seriously, or you're in trouble. Yes, and lots of guys in my league are in trouble. So, uh, <laughs> but this guy, and I only found this out after the game, it was just remarkable to watch. Like, he was staying down kind of in a butterfly position. He looked like Darren Pang, but, you know, down on his knees instead of standing up. Um, and despite, he he let in quite a few. But despite that, uh, he looked really good. And it was, I was like, you know, when you start to run up a score a little, you, you set all different rules for yourself. All right, no more slap shots, no more this, no more that. You got to pass it X number of times. And we were kind of at that stage of the game. So, and then come to find out, you know, we we scored some, like, picking corner goals from the blue line. Like, <laughs> goals that, you know, NHL practice goals wouldn't stop either. Um because I mean, they wouldn't the, try <laughs> because the emergency yeah, goalie for the Carolina hurricanes did start the game and we put two on him. So, Oh, well now. Mm. Yeah. NHLers take note. Yeah. Look out. The, Anyone, the any, any goalie can get scored on in front of a dog shit defense. That's, that's the, uh, that's the <gasps> lesson we learned from that. What? Don't tell, don't tell Montreal that. Don't tell San Jose that. <clears throat> <sighs> San Jose will never learn. Oh, wait. Who, who am I talking to? <laughs> You're talking to the guy. And I will freely admit this. I spent a good 30 minutes last night dancing on some graves. Um, of some Sharks fans that just love to bury my, try to bury my nose in it. I also have to empathize and feel some sympathy and and pain for because they didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I mean, they did when becoming fans, but once you do, you're sort of like, uh, okay, I'm along for the ride, but holy hell. <sighs> yeah. Mm -hmm. People were talking about earlier today, uh, DeBoer. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Yep. There's a, uh, they actually, even last night was so fun. I watched the CBC feed, the Hockey Night in Canada late game feed, and I think it was the second intermission they even brought up that sort of hello darkness, my old friend look he had on his face the last couple of games, just sort of the, not the thousand yard stare, this was the 5,000 yard stare, just like off into nothingness. 
Looking deep into it, deep into his soul, knowing that he's getting fired. <laughs> oh my goodness! And just trying to figure out what the hell to do, and I just was kind of laughing, going, I, "I don't want to tell you guys. You get one good thing out of Peter DeBoer. That's his first year as your head coach. Everything after that's downhill." And then some people will chime back, "Well, yeah, you know, they were, they were, they were almost in the Stanley Cup final again." And I said, "Yeah," and it. They were almost kicked out. You know, they are almost bounced out and shut out in game seven at home. So, you know, it's a fine line between success and failure. And sometimes the refs give you a five-minute major when you don't deserve one. And you end up scoring five goals or four goals. So, mm, you know, that's not coaching. That's luck. Oh, the coaching preparation puts you in opportunity for luck. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> also depends on if the referee is hung over that day. <laughs> what? Well, not every game is roughed by Tim Peel after he's gone out with Wyszynski. <laughs> oh. So I, I think um, I would say at this point, who's the hottest on the hot seat? It's got to be DeVore. You think? Cooper? <clears throat> no. That, it, I do agree. To, I do agree with the adage that they need to struggle a little bit to kind of figure some stuff out. But let's say by January one, if they were still kind of in this position, then Cooper might be in trouble. Um, now you know what they they had some like they were like five eight and. One or something like that, and Cooper's like quoted as saying, "This is exactly where we want to be right now." Oh, that's just horseshit. <laughs> I know. I'm like, um, that's just yeah. lying oh. to yourself to you know make yourself feel good. No, that's that's the we're we're I did this on purpose. <laughs> no, no, this is entirely intentional, guys. Totally meant it, meant to do that. Yeah. Um. I think so. San Jose had the highest expectations. I think Jim Montgomery and Dallas is fine. I think that they're built for not the regular season. They're starting they're, to. They're starting. They're to starting play. to click. Um, I. I I don't know. It's. I think it's kind of wide open. I think the teams that were supposed to be just abjectly terrible or abjectly terrible. Um, I don't think there are too many surprises. I think a month from now, I think the standings are going to be tightly packed. I think three point games are going to what separates teams in first from the teams in say fourth or fifth in the wild card. So, I mean, outside of maybe a John Hines whose team invested a lot of money into certain players in the offseason and have to sign a, you know, a, let's just let's say, let's say his name. Yeah, let's just say his name. Future Carolina Hurricane Taylor Hall cuz he does yeah. look good in red and black mm. and he can wear number four, he can wear number 4 in Carolina. Mm. Oh, that's true. He mm. could wear number 9 if you know, the equipment manager would retire, but you know, 
<clears throat> so true story, Cassie, the current uh, head equipment manager of the Canes also is outfitting Gordy Howe once upon a time. So he will not give out number nine. It is not officially uh-huh. retired. He gave out number 19, the only other number retired by the Whalers, but he will not give out nine. And so none of his predecessors will do it either because everybody's a coward. Precedence. Yes. Um, so, all right, we said the obvious names. What about Bill Peters? Bingo. That's exactly who I was thinking of. Bill Peters... And uh, Jim Benning, or not Jim Benning, uh, True Living, True Living, yeah, as a combo, yeah. Yeah. I think ownership wants, I think ownership likes to give the GM a coach, and I think the GM likes to give the coach a trade, you know, to see if they can't write things. But Bill Peters is he got that trade, yeah, (laughs) just have 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 to trade. And I'm surprised he hasn't campaigned in the press for for another trade because he he's known to do that too. Yeah, that's true. Go God, yeah. Yeah, I forget that I forget that he basically called out Ronnie franchise while he was sitting next to him. To at him. Yeah, he's presser. Yeah, for the goaltender, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's that's the one I keep sort of circling back on because I think Cooper's got a little bit longer leash. Um, but he's had I, a really long leash. <laughs> it's the yeah, crazy but part. it's like I, at what point this, do they just cut the leash off and let him go? <laughs> this, it's it's true. <laughs> it's just, run free, old yeller. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> dog <clears throat> not coming. Um. I, the only thing, I, the only reason I say that, and now I've just traumatized people. Um, the only reason <laughs> I say that Cooper's got a little bit longer leash is simply because everyone, I believe, is still a little shell shocked from the way they went out, and also the players have not performed up to par. And I think it's very easy to show them they haven't performed, and nothing, you know. They can't have turned on a coach that bad after a president, you know, after the the record-setting president's trophy season one year. <laughs> you know, how have they all turned their back and run? Well, one thing or another, maybe, maybe not. But I think he's got this season, and that's it. But I and Hines is just a sacrificial lamb. But Peters is the one I think is very interesting. And the the thing is, wrap up my thought on this really quick. I think there are probably three teams waiting for three teams to make a decision on what they're going to do with their coaches. I think there are, I think there's a game of chicken going on. Somebody has to be the first one to blink because if they let an NHL coach go, that team who, you know, one of the other teams may be going, okay, God, that guy's available. Fire our guy and go get him. <laughs> I really want Cooper in San Jose. <laughs> and, and you, so, God damn it, I was <laughs> laughing because, you know, everyone in Toronto is calling for Babcock's head. Right. And I was kind of laughing going, okay, you know, 
here it goes. Which one of these is going to be the first to fall? And I said, if, I was making a joke with a friend of mine in San Jose, and I said, if Babcock gets fired, you're going to see probably three or four other teams can their coaches the next day <laughs> yeah. and and try and go after him. Be damned his $8 million salary demand. They're going to try and grab him while they're going to get him while the getting's good. But the bottom-feeding teams are ruining the league, Patrick. The bottom-feeding teams. It is. It, you know what, Pat? It really is true, though. It is. I, I, I read it out of Gary Bettman's mouth. <laughs> no. Was it Steve Simmons' mouth? No. Hang on. No. Is NHL by Maddie's mouth? No. Everybody, Mark Spector's, all of the above. Mark well, okay. So there was a question, could we name 200 hockey men? I've just named four. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we could easily. <laughs> I do. I think there's, I think there's, this is kind of like the whole, you know, they always say there's a log jam with RFAs or UFAs. Everyone's waiting for this one other person to sign before, because that one will set the market. Yeah. I think there's a logjam right now waiting for someone's waiting for one of the teams that's underperforming grossly to fire their NHL coach. Babcock or Cooper? No. See, Babcock, I actually. Cooper, DeBoer, I th- Peters. I think, no, I, I'm going to go up to Minnesota and, and say everyone wants to see if uh, Bruce Boudreau is let go. Mm. I, yeah. And that's, that's, I got, I, I, that's a tough read. That is a tough read because I think Bill Guerin's got a little bit different mindset when it comes to that stuff. Guerin's going to be a slow mover, I think. I I got a weird feeling he's got a different mindset when it comes to that stuff. That, you know, he took over, you know, he knows this is not his team. He knows that what's on the ice is probably not what Boudreaux wanted. He knows, I think, I, I you know, obviously this is all conjecture for me, but... I think he's smart enough to know he's got a coach and he gets with a track record of success when given better rosters. So I don't know. And and when you, when you look at the landscape, you know, you kind of, and I think the reason there's a game of chicken going on out there is you look around and go, well, who's next? You know, if I fire my guy, who am I bringing up? And the only one, you know, they, they mentioned this again, and everyone's brought it up in the last probably week or so, that Bob Bugner is sitting on the bench in San Jose now. And there are a number of people that think he got a raw deal in Florida. So I don't know they, about that one, but... I don't, I don't the, either. The, I'm not here. The argument can be made, and, and I, there would be a lot I couldn't disagree with. I'm just not too sure. Couture really liked, really liked him, and so when he was named um, coach in Florida, Couture was like, "Good for him. He was a great coach." When he was an assistant in San Jose before, mm-hmm. so players apparently like him, at least some of them. Yeah, but Ryan Reeves has more goals on this season than Logan Couture, and I'm not sure we should trust his. <laughs> Crap! Was that out loud again? Damn. <laughs> <clears throat> now judgment doesn't translate into goals. Goal scoring. No, come on. Come on. It doesn't. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll stop there, judging. There things. <sighs> I'm so happy the Kool-Aid man didn't come crashing through your wall, Patrick, and, and ask about <laughs> sample size. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. he's he's only played 14 games. Wait till midseason. And then and then give me an example of sample size using him emptying himself, you know. <laughs> right? Could you judge my flavor power on this little bit of flavor? God. <clears throat> you see, you can't do this to me because you know I'm gonna run in a weird ass direction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have I have I have another topic we can discuss. <laughs> Before we get too far down that road, <laughs> is Patrick Marlowe only hanging around to try and beat Gordy Howe's record of games played? Can't that, do it. So no. That wasn't my topic, but um, okay, damn. Good luck with that. So no. Um, so last night, Sportsnet. Um, had an article, and they probably and they talked about it too um, during Hockey Night in Canada and all that. Anyway, so Seattle's franchise to announce team name before All Star Game, which go, we go, all Ducks. It's not on the list. Go go Gooey Ducks! <laughs> wait wait wait, there is a list. There is a list. There are thirteen teams or thirteen team names, names surfaced as ones that were registered by the Oakview Group. The company that is renovating Key Arena. I think they're misdirections. Go, go, gooey ducks. No, a lot of them are. Because, like, I'm looking at them going, they can't use that one. They can't use that one. They can't use that one. <laughs> Unless they have agreements with the local university. So, Rainiers, which is being used by the AAA baseball team in Tacoma, the Tacoma Rainiers. That's the number easy. one. On, yeah, that they, they're not using that one. No, it's, uh, it's, easy to, it's easy to get that one through, though. True, but I don't think they're going to use Rainiers. Um, Kraken, which the group has already said they don't really like, but that might be a smokescreen. Evergreens, which Evergreen State College, gooey ducks. Um, <laughs> go, go gooey ducks. Seals, which uh, I don't know who has the trademark for the um, Golden Seals, if that's still trademarked or whatever. I think it is. Um, emeralds, which I despise. <laughs> uh, we so, never wanted that name. No, sea lions. Uh. Sea lions, which is like the worst possible thing you could name a team in Seattle, because <laughs> everybody thinks sea lions are a huge nuisance. <laughs> Sockeyes, which I think is like a lazy name, but you know it's probably going to be what it is. Whales. Which, you know, the we'll, Connecticut we'll whale, the Hartford whalers. Yeah, they're not going to do whales. The eagles. It'll cause, it'll cause outrage on two coasts. Because uh, you got to remember the entire theme around the Canucks is the orca. Right. Uh, eagles, which Eastern Good Washington God. University eagles. And uh, Philadelphia and the football yeah, and, and Colorado. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Totems, which the local tribes do not want used because totems are an Alaskan tribal symbol and not a Pacific Northwest one. Cougars, Washington State Cougars. Probably and Redmond Cougars. Yeah. Firebirds, which would go with Thunderbirds. Yeah. And Renegades. What the hell? Yeah, do that's come out to a, Do we come out to the stick song every night? Maybe, I don't know, but anyway, so, so like, at least, 
I sense a whole lot of smoke screens there. If if, if I'm reading this right, smoke screens. Yeah. So the only one I, I think that's legit would be Sockeyes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Maybe I, maybe I, Firebirds, maybe but doubtful, because you know you have the no. Thunderbirds. They have they have said a number of times they want something that evokes the Pacific Northwest imagery, yeah. tribal imagery, yeah. and Firebirds are not a thing. No. Uh, if anything, it hasn't, been, it hasn't flown Michigan been through enough. Don't change their team. Name <laughs> Seriously, and, you know, and, and plus, if anything, with all the rain up here, we put out fires more often than not. <laughs> Except during the summer. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> Fire season. Um, yeah, that should be Wenatchee's name. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, basically, unless they want to go against what the tri- local tribes want and go with the classic name of totems, basically sockeyes and sea lions are all that's like really legit out of this list. That's why I think they're all smoke screens. Don't you ruin my fun. It's the gooey ducks. <laughs> Come on. All y'all know it's the gooey ducks. Gooey ducks. Go, go, go. I'm guessing no one, no one's monitoring any of uh, Jerry Bruckheimer's production companies for register. You no. know, See? trademarks. This is specifically Oakview Group. This is what they have, the people that are renovating Key Arena. So, I'm telling you. I'm a telling you. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I was looking at this list, and I'm like, you can't use half of them. because I mean, well, you could, but you shouldn't use half of them because, like, half of them are, like, tied to universities in Washington State. Better not be emeralds. Gotta hate oh, that. God, all of us do. But then again, you know, the vast majority of people who were so diehard fanatical about getting a hockey team in this damn state are not from here, so they're gonna have a full say. Yes, I said it. <laughs> oh no, the Seattle Times came out with a article like a week or two ago about how only, and this is the city limits of Seattle, only 30% of the people that live in Seattle, like out of 700,000 people, are actually from Seattle. Everybody else came from out of state. Yeah, I keep saying that. There was no interest in hockey in here until everyone who never lived here came here from places where there were hockey, and then they wanted to watch hockey here, to which I always said to them, get center ice and shut the hell up. I don't <laughs> want a team here. <laughs> God damn it, I do not want a team here. I love the people who are like, they'll be named the Sonics. And I'm like, okay, clearly you have no idea what's going on in Seattle if you think that. <laughs> well, that and then, you know, all the people, and I adore them, but there's no way in hell they're naming the mascot, you know, the Sasquatch. No. Or the team, the Sasquatch. Because that no. was the Sonics mascot after they got rid of the Weedle, which still makes me mad. <laughs> So for for those of you who don't know, which I think I am assuming right now Pat is furiously typing into Wikipedia as he does every episode <laughs> when Cassie when Cassie and I run down Pacific Northwest memory lane. The Weedle, W H E E D L E, was the original Seattle Sonics mascot, and he was the Weedle in the Needle, the Space Needle, mm-hmm. and he was just this nondescript sort of bald Uncle Fester looking Muppet thing. Mm-hmm. 
And it just—it was just because the, it it rhymed with something to do with the Space Needle. Yes, it's a hundred percent all it was about. That's all it was that about. All it was about. <laughs> because the here, what what is now the shell of Key Arena was the Seattle Center Coliseum, and that's in the Seattle Center, as is the Space Needle. So they're all in one little area that used to be the 1965 World's Fair campus. But whatever. Where Elvis came to town. But a lot of things happened. Yes, very many things. So, so. yes. Um, before we took that lovely jaunt down Patrick's ranty, I hate hockey and love it at the same time lane, Where's Mercer um, Arena when you need it? Anyway. Goddamn right. Yeah, <laughs> original home to the Seattle Thunderbirds. Thank you very much. Oh, God. That was my last we no WHL longer... game. It was actually no in Mercer longer. Arena. It was it was the Thunderbirds and uh, um, Portland Winterhawks. Yeah, mine was the Tacoma Rockets and Seattle Thunderbirds. So there. Um, <sighs> back to where we were, which was talking about head coaches being fired. <laughs> uh, Zoom. Um, God, I would love to see Peters go. <laughs> the most Albertan man kicked out of Alberta. You know, that just boom. Pat's still uh, down. He's going down the Wiki- Wikipedia rabbit hole of. of I'm, not, I'm just mascots. trying to find an Im- image of this mascot. <laughs> most of the rest of that story, though. <laughs> He really, really is just a bald, like a, a picture your typical Muppet, mm-hmm. picture a Muppet of Uncle Fester, and 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 make him sort of a. No, no, it's the bald guy from Stadler and Waldorf. I can't remember which. No, is which. no, because he had a he had um he he had the 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 skirted egg. He wasn't really bald. Uncle Fester was completely bald and just sort of uh, a bulbous I, body. Yeah. So just think of the the guy, whichever whichever one is named, whichever the ball guy is for Stadler and Wal- Waldorf without the uh, the fringe, <laughs> without the without the skirted egg, without yeah. the tutu on a hard boiled egg. Um, oh, God, God, Pat, somebody save me from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I finally found the picture. Am I okay? So who's right? <laughs> I, 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 uh-huh. so, okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're right. Yes. <laughs> yes. They used to have they used to have children's books about him too. That's where the Weedle and the Needle came from. Mm-hmm. And especially after they won the world championship in '79, um, oh, everyone was in love with the Weedle, and then w- yeah, and then the Weedle just disappeared one day, and we got Squatch. So. Oh, and there are vintage Weedle mascot plush dolls available for auction. Yep. Oh, dear Lord. Yep. So, please, Pat, be the neutral arbitrator here and, and describe for those folks listening, because you know, we, are, we are on an audio medium, not a visual one, your representation of the Weedle. Someone fired from the Jim Henson company because his nose was way too red 
and <laughs> ended up with too many Rudolph jokes. Or if if uh, Mr. Met didn't shave and just let his hair grow wild, <laughs> that's kind of what you would get. <laughs> okay. Well, see okay, now the now the current now the cur- current Weedle and the Needle is like a happy and pleasant looking gritty. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, <laughs> which is saying something. Considering Gritty just looks psychotic. Um, <laughs> no. God, Ask please, someone. <laughs> no, they're the best because people actually are afraid of them. Oh, they freak and me it freaks out. some people out a little yeah. bit. They um, freak me out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I oh boy. I um, okay. I think this is as good a point as any to shove me out of the airplane. <laughs> All right. So let's say, you know, if there were any number of buildings to avoid with mascots like this, oh boy. <laughs> But if if you had to go watch a game at any level, at any building, at any time in history, what what building would you want to watch a game in? Oh, good God. You just, okay. Not fair. (laughs) You have to pick one. Yeah. No, I have <laughs> obviously I've got a time machine. Damn it! <laughs> if All I right, can go so, watch any so game in any building. One per era. How about that? Uh, <laughs> like when people tune said, in, tune in, tune in for next week's five-part series. <laughs> <laughs> for Patrick details every single visit he would like to make. Patrick takes you through his wanted list from 1917 to 2019. <laughs> 1917. Does it can't can't it be earlier than that? <laughs> no, because that's Cause when the league was formed. Which league? Uh huh. <laughs> Touche. Follow Touché. us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. This has been the 3B3 Podcast, sponsored by nobody.